And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's Expository Thursday! Oh no, it is! As we work together to know the letter better, first into the narrative of the book of Acts we travel to understand the things the Lord requires of us and that we learn to apply God's timeless truths in our lives. Good deeds, by the way, are irrefutable. Yeah, people can spin the deeds to try and make them mean something else. And yes, people who are driven by their sinful nature will continually try to provide bad reports. But God knows, and so do they in their hearts, that good deeds are, get this, good. Of course, people will use lies to deflate actions, but the actions speak louder than words. Next, according to Psalm 2, nations conspire and people plot bad things against the Lord's anointed. Here's an example. These people that are meeting that we're going to review in the book of Acts, they're going to try and figure out how to respond to a miracle, and they're going to try and deflate it. The enemy uses that same tactic today, no different. He encourages people to get together to plot against Bible believers. It's just the truth. It's not a conspiracy, but denials of divine truth and power is what it is. They cry out against God's truth and power. They'll even say, God can't even heal COVID. He can't? Oh, that's weird. And then finally, here's the secret sauce, something that you and I should never forget. Even if the leaders dismiss the truth and the power of God, it is never missed by the people. Even if the people on TV, the internet, radio, magazines, and newspapers are in full denial, the people are much smarter than they're given credit for. It's funny because Jesus went to the people and not to the leaders. I wonder why. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience. Local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations. Spiritual observations. My life's insanities. And oy vey, so much more. Hey, hey, hey. We're asking you, what do you think? Now, what's cool is that we're live in the studio, so you actually get to use the phone. But first off, you can email us, david at hemustincrease.org. I've got my Chromebook sitting right in front of me on my desk right here. If you send me an email, I'll see it. Doesn't mean that I'll uh, appreciate that because sometimes some people send emails that are really mean. <laughs> but I'll read it. That's what I do. Uh, david at hemustincrease.org. You can also text us, 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483, or you can call us. What? A phone? Yes. 
a phone. 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. When you do that, Captain Chris will answer the phone. You'll be sailing in the right direction. Now, what are all what are all those contact points for? I mean, they have a purpose, right? Of course. You might have an opinion, a comment, a thought. You might have a question. You might want to know the difference between predestination and foreknowledge. Me too. Anyway, you might have a bunch of things going on in your heart and mind. You might have a prayer request, a praise report. You might want to just say, hey, this happened to me. I'm just so blessed to have this happen. Or you might even want to answer Bible trivia. What kind of Bible trivia, Dave? This kind. From which direction did the wise men come? From which direction? Remember the wise men? There was four, and then the one that had the fruitcake got lost. That was a joke, folks. Okay. Now there's three, so there's three wise men. Okay. Which direction do they come from? If you think you know the answer to that, again, we make it simple. You just reach out to us, call 972-445-0770, or you can text in 214-210-8483, or you can send an email, david, at he must increase. Dot org. Keep in mind, it's not professional radio. It's never been professional radio. It's been a lot of it. It just hasn't been a lot of it that's professional. It's a cross between Steve Martin, Sean Hannity, and Focus on the Family. Therefore, you get what you get. <laughs> that's, the nicest, that's a good line. Therefore, you get what you get. Okay? And for those who are trying to figure out this whole thing out, we are not your church. That's my new favorite line. I don't know why. Just sticking with me. Uh, And that's important to understand, that you have to be connected to a body of believers. And for some, if you can't get out, that this becomes that source of fellowship. We're, We're grateful that we can provide that. But for the majority of you, you need to be connected to a body of believers because it's impossible to love one another if you never talk to one another. You just can't fulfill the commandments. It doesn't work. So we encourage you to check that out. All right, so you have the trivia question. We got that. We give you ways to contact us, right? Uh, I'll repeat the trivia question, and then we'll get into our expository. Is there anything else that anybody else? Checking with Captain Chris, making sure I'm getting it right. Uh, from what direction did the wise men come? There was not four. There was three wise men. That was a joke. It's a long joke in Facebook posts about four wise men, and the fourth guy had the the fruit the fruit bread thing there thing that fruit cake, you know. And then people just keep passing that same one around. There's actually there's a theory. There's actually only one fruit cake, and everybody just passes it around. You have to live in Yiddish circles to really appreciate that. All right, somebody's calling in to answer where the wise men came from, uh, and we'll give them that chance to answer, and then we'll get into the text in Acts. Wonderful, wonderful text. I love it, love it, love it, love it. So we're going to do that in just a split second. And uh, please don't forget to check out the website. We are making changes. If you got some suggestions that aren't over the top, which means my way of saying it won't cost me money, let me know. I'll be glad to try and put it in there, you know, uh, except we're not putting lotto numbers on there. Uh, somebody ready to answer the truck? Okay, here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? Brother David, I missed you. This is Ace. Hey, Brother Ace. How are you, my brother? Oh, it's been such a long time since I've talked to you. Love it. You know, Love yeah, it. I missed you. Uh, I don't do text much, so. Yeah. Anyway, I'm just uh, so I'm glad you called. What a blessing. There. What a blessing. What a blessing. Just to hear your voice, brother, just, just blesses me inside my heart. It just like, I'm not kidding. It's like, yay. 
one of my one of the old time standard faithful diligent listeners of all. Good job, bro. It's just great to hear your voice. How are you doing in general? Hey. How are things for you? They're good. They're good. I'm a blessed man, and uh, everything's been good. Uh, I'm all right. What? I'm doing good. I'm on the table ground. Okay. All right. So uh, we want people to be praying for you then. And and do you know the answer to that trivia question? Well, the only thing I know is Oriental East. That's that, all I know. That is correct. It is the East. That is correct. The wise men were from the East. Good job, bro. Excellent work. Wonderful to hear your voice. I'll keep praying for you. Don't slip on the floor and smack your knee on anything, okay? Okay. Listen, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I've been a little uh, lax in uh, uh, helping you there. I, I will be helping you. I keep uh, I say I'm going to do it. I didn't know I'll forget it, so I'm going to try to make sure today since I've talked to you to right. change you out a little desk so you'll have something to hang on to. All right? All right, my brother. God bless you. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. bye-bye. All right. Like, uh, it's so nice to hear from him. We, I love hearing from people. It's, uh, it's great to hear from you guys. Okay, let's play our uh, Expository Thursday. Wow! <laughs> wow! Wow! All I can say is wow! Wow! <laughs> wow! All I can say is wow! Now, most of you know that has nothing to do with anything in the universe. It just gives me time to grab the piece of paper just in case you're trying to figure it out. So I have it on a piece of paper, and then I have to grab it. So, I mean, you know, I have to have things that help me do that. Uh, here we go. This will be the Acts chapter 4, verse 15. But when they commanded them, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Let me back it up, actually. I'm going to back it up to verse 14, if you don't mind. And seeing the man that had been healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. All right, so I wanted to bring this up. This I'm going to read the whole thing because I want it to make sense. Uh, now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled, and they realized that they had been with Jesus. And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. There is a point where people will go into denial over good deeds. And they just want to, it's bad, this this person's done a bad thing, and they'll spin it the wrong way. And there's this attitude that people are stupid. I've got a message for you. People are extremely smart, right? You made in the image and likeness of God, not a dummy. You know what's going on. And when people try to blow something past you, you're like going, just a second, Sparty, just slow down here. I've seen the shell game on television. I've seen the shell game on the streets. No way. It's not that difficult. And what they were trying to do is they were trying to figure out what to do against a miracle of God because you want to know what? They didn't want God. Listen to this. They didn't want God to get promoted. They didn't want the promotion of the kingdom of God because it took away from their own power. Nobody was happy. It's amazing. The leaders weren't happy that God did a miracle. They were upset that they were going to lose status. What a bunch of sinners. It's like, are you serious? You're more concerned about keeping a badge than somebody who's never walked before and now they're walking? What's wrong with you? You know what's wrong with them? They're full of sin. Do you know what leadership when it's wrong? It's full of sin because it's only self-oriented, not people-oriented. But Jesus and the ministry of Jesus for the people. 
Don't you love that? I love it. So he, he went to the shepherds. He didn't go to any kings. Isn't it just like the, when the angel announced it? Isn't that great? All right. Take our break and come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Can't stand the skill. Can't stand the shame. Who is David Spoon? I have no idea. People have asked me about the David Spoon experience. They wanted to know what I thought of him. Like any person searching for answers, I have wondered about him. He was born and raised Jewish and after intense drug use, became a Christian. He's married to his best friend, Noel, has three children, six grandchildren, plus two dogs named Levi and Bert. He has three separate ordinations from three different denominations and is a summa cum laude for his BA degree in ministry and leadership as well as a master's degree of theological studies and is involved in a Ph.D. program. He has a weird sense of humor and talks a lot. If people are seeking wisdom and insight from the great teachers around the world, would they go to David? No, I don't think so. And those big ears really don't help him. But would they enjoy his perspective on life, culture, politics, food, sports, local and national news? I don't know. I guess people will have to listen to find out. What is the David Spoon experience? Hey, David, this is Al. Hi, brother. I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Okay. I wanted to call, so I wanted to try to get this answer in. All right. And that's a a good one. I don't know if you had a chance to hear that with Matt or not, but, boy, I like that guy. He's he's committed to the doctrine. I love people that are committed. Uh. I don't know. Will, will you put his website on Facebook or? On uh, I can put it. I'll put it on our website. Give them a link, and okay. uh, I'll make sure I got to get permission because I don't want to do anything where they're not. You know, I, I'm real. I try to be really careful, but but I don't think they'll have any sure. problem with that. So we, we won't take anything. It's just it's good for apologetics, and we're going to use some of it. All right, here you go. Here okay. you go. Here's your first one. Who had a late night visit from an angel who assured him that he would be safe aboard a storm tossed. Ship. I'm, I don't think this is right, but I'm going to go with Peter. So close. What's the other name that's really close to that? Paul. <laughs> yes, that's it. That's it. There it is. <laughs> All right. That's in Acts chapter 27, verse 23 and 24. Before they had the shipwreck at the end there at 28, he said, to relax, everybody's going to be fine. Nobody's going to die on the ship. You're all going to end up at this island, you know. And so he was telling everybody to calm down. That's the person who had the late night uh, visit. Now, Peter did have a visit from an angel in prison in Acts 12. So you could make an argument that that was part of the answer too. But that's why we went to the safe aboard a storm-tossed ship. That's, mm-hmm. that's where we gave yeah. the definition. So good shot, though. Very good. Very good, my brother. You know how much I appreciate it. Good job. Yeah, and I'll never forget that answer. Always, <laughs> never, you will Paul never now. forget that. Paul. Here's Paul. Here's Paul. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Excellent job, my brother. I appreciate it. All right. All right. Y'all have a great day. All right. Thank you, brother. God bless you. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Let me give a shout out to Mark. We call him the pizza guy. I just call him the pizza guy because he 
it's a long story. You have to listen to prayer shows. But but anyway, he said something so funny, I just had to repeat it before we did anything else. He goes, so now I understand your racket. You have a radio show, so you can have numerous listeners who will pray for you, and then uh, then you get sick and stuff. So that's quite a, quite a prayer racket. <laughs> so funny. That is so funny. <laughs> you guys are crazy. All right, here you go. Here's your next trivia question. Oh, you better play the horn. Uh-oh, horn. Uh-oh, horn. <laughs> Okay, that was a horn. Now, for those that haven't figured it out on the show, whenever we play the horn when we do trivia, <clears throat> that's a nice way of saying, watch it. Watch it. All right. True or false, in Jesus' parable about a mugging, the man was traveling up to Jericho, from Jericho to Jerusalem. In Jesus' parable about a mugging, The man was traveling up from Jericho to Jerusalem. True or false? If you think you know the answer, you can simply call in 972-445-0770. If you do that, Captain Chris will answer the phone for you. You can text in 214-210-8483. You can just guess right off the top of your head like Al did. Who just shot in a number because he's funny. And then you can also send an email, David at he must increase.org. Quite simply, the man who was mugged was going from Jericho to Jerusalem. True or false? Okay. I'll leave that there. All right. Got a couple of uh, unique takes. These are. Uh, High school takes on certain things in uh, Scripture. So is that a nice way to say this? So these are older than young kids, but not maybe old enough. Let's, let's say junior high. Maybe we should go into that realm because of what some of these uh, have to say. These are just cute. Nothing really serious. Just relax. Take a deep breath. Uh, they, uh, they came up with this one. Uh, Adam and Eve were naked. But they weren't embarrassed because mirrors had not yet been invented. <laughs> right? It's kind of like, okay, you know what? That's not even that bad. That's pretty good, actually. Uh, Adam and Eve disobeyed God by eating one bad apple, so they were driven for the Garden of Eden. Nobody is sure wh- what they were driven in, though, because they did not yet have cars. See, See how you got it? Uh, one of the important people in the Bible was Noah, who was a good guy, but one of his kids was kind of a ham. Noah built a large boat, put his family in there with some animals. He asked some people to join him, but they said, nope, they'll take a rain check. <laughs> that's up on the, uh, the higher end. <laughs> they'll take a rain check. Oh, that's pretty funny. And then last, uh, and probably least, after Noah came, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Jacob was the famous of his brothers. Esau be. Uh, Esau was famous. He sold Jacob his birthmark in exchange for some pot roast. Jacob had a son named Joseph who wore a really loud loud sports coat. <laughs> so <clears throat> what we would say is for those kids where they go to church, not doing the best job of teaching <laughs> might be how we would respond to that. All right. Our trivia question there then uh, still is. True or false, in Jesus' parable about a mugging, the man was traveling up from Jericho to Jerusalem. True or false? Okay? Okay. It's all right? It's all right. All right. There we go. 
Let's get back to the text, if you don't mind. Thank you very much. Let's go back to it. We saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived they were uneducated and untrained men. They marveled. And they realized they had been with Jesus. And seeing the man who had been healed standing with him, they could say nothing against it. But when they commanded them to go outside of the council, they conferred among themselves, saying, What shall we do to these men? For indeed, a notable miracle has been done through them. Let's just stop right there so you can see what's going on or what the enemy does or how things take place in society. When a miracle happens, what happens on the enemy's camp or in the enemy's camp is there is a delusion or a a dilution of the miracle. The reason that there's a dilution of the miracle is because, quite frankly, if somebody came into your community and was uh, praying uh, for people and they were, in fact, uh, sent of the Lord, prophetically 100% right on, they're praying for people, people were getting healed, it would make some pretty big news. And people would be drawn to that. It's amazing that people don't understand that as much mass communication as we have today, Jesus drew thousands and thousands of people from all over just simply by what he did, and then the word of mouth spread. Remember, he had no newspaper. He had no. He wasn't doing a promo on a billboard, come to the tent meeting. I mean, that wasn't happening. And miracles that come from God, they speak volumes. And this is what I want you to catch out of this. The people that are against God want to water down or dilute the miracle because people gravitate to that. And you've had, had you have had in your own life miracles that have taken place. You've had miracles in your own life that God has done. And the enemy will continually try to dilute that so that even you don't benefit from it. One of the things that I noticed, so I've been a Christian for 43 years, okay, which is not, I mean, it's not long compared to many people, but, you know, coming out of a Jewish background has its own little length in it. And one of the things that the enemy does is diminishes from time to time my own deliverance. Now, I I did drugs radically. I mean, I, I, I mean, the Lord has reminded me of how far he's brought me. It's hard to remember, you know, sometimes the things we used to do, but I used to do I did everything but shoot, which was our way of saying I did everything but needles, okay? And I did them 20 times a day. I would leave my school and go in the parking lot with my friends, and we would all, you know, get high, and then we'd go back to school but not go back to class. In fact, I was out of school so much that one time I went into an English class, and the teacher said, oh, look, we have a visit from David Spoon today. And they gave me a round of applause, and I said, thank you very much, and now watch David Spoon leave the classroom. And that's what I did, and never went back to that class. The problem is because there's a rebellionness there, right? So when the Lord delivered me, it was a big deliverance. I mean, I got a real attitude about a ton of things, but the defiant attitude against God and authority and, and, and all this, that was like the biggest thing in me. And I was like, I love getting high. It's rebellious. It's all these things. And da, 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 da. And it makes me feel good. And who knows what's going to happen? And when the Lord told me that was enough, he delivered me on the spot. I mean, you do drugs, you know, 20 times a day for five years, and then the Lord speaks to you, and then you never do that again? That's a miracle. And I've had a chance to share that testimony in a couple of different places. It's it's The thing is— we diminish it because we remove ourselves. Oh, well, that was so long ago, and I was just an experimental kid. 
they thought for sure I wasn't going to make it another year. I mean, everybody that knew me thought I wasn't going to make it another year. God thought I was going to make it another year because he was going to change it. Brought a miracle in, changed it. Why I'm bringing this up to you is so that you won't dilute the miracles that God has done for you. One of the things that happened to the children of Israel is God had done all these marvelous miracles, and over time they became diluted and they forgot, and then they strayed. And my encouragement to you is to be aware of a text like this where you know the enemy's goal is to speak it down to reduce the effectiveness. When you hear somebody's testimony and God does something powerful, doesn't the first time you hear it, doesn't you just go, wow, it's cool, all right? But then over time, even for that person, they have to fight to hold it because Satan wants you to not pay attention to it. Some of you are out there listening to my voice right now. I'm just saying this is just a fact. There's nothing spiritual. It's not word of knowledge, not word of wisdom, not anything spiritual gift. You're out there, and God has done absolutely substantially powerful miracles in your life. And you don't think about that. It's just, well, that was part of the routine. That's well, that's back when I was in my 20s or 30s or 40s. Oh, that was last week. What's God done for me lately? Remember these great things that God has done, and don't fall into the trap that Satan has for people that dilutes the miracles of God, the enemies of the kingdom of God gather together to figure out ways to subvert that power. And the enemy is going to do that to you personally. When the Lord does a miracle, he breaks the laws of physics. I've wanted to say this for ages, right? There's the law of physics and God comes in and says, watch this. (laughs) And it's why? Well, because God owns everything and can do what he wants, do whatever he wants. And he changes how things are And that's why we call it supernatural, because it's not natural. It's beyond natural. So we call it supernatural. But God does it because he loves his kids and he loves people. And that love is communicated through that action that he brings. What you forget or what I forget when I forget the powerful work of God is it's a demonstration of his love. And that's the miss. And it's like, oh, I'm so stupid. <laughs> that's how I feel, right? All right. All right. Uh, what do we do? Oh, true or false? In Jesus' parable about the mugging, the man was traveling up from Jericho to Jerusalem. That is false. He was traveling up from Jerusalem to Jericho, the other way around. And I will say, I have heard this many, many times, that this is the most awful road for people to travel on, yet... Somehow people always seem to be traveling on the road. I never quite figured that out, but I'll let you guys work through that. All right, we're going to take a break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. What is the David Spoon experience? Verse 24 in Mark 5, it says Jesus went with them. Sometimes Jesus went there. Sometimes Jesus just spoke the word. Sometimes Jesus went there. It's all. It happens in all different ways. I did read this ridiculous thing from this one person who said, you know, Jesus, you know, healed, you know, every single person uh, in the entire uh, community and didn't charge anybody any money. This was, it was, they were trying to make a political argument. And the fact of the matter is he only healed one guy at the, at the pool of Bethsaida. And that was actually a hospital. (laughs) 
I was like, what? What do you guys read this stuff? Is this, did you read this? So this is where you pull back from those kind of things and you go, can we just keep it on track with the truth? It's just easier if you just tell the truth and keep it the way it is and not try and make it fit some kind of narrative. Here's this narrative issued by Scripture itself. Jesus tells Jairus, don't, don't, ignore what these people are saying. Don't be afraid. Take a stand. Now, I want you to, I'm going to read verse 37. You got to catch what Jesus does. Amazing. He did not let anyone follow him in except for Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jairus, uh, Jesus saw the commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, why is all this commotion? Why all this wailing? The child's not dead but asleep. But they laughed at him. And he put them all out and took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said, Talitha Kaum, Talitha Kaum. And that means, little girl, I say unto you, get up. Immediately the girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. Remember the woman of the issue of the blood was 12 years of the issue of the blood. At this, they were completely astonished. He gave strict orders. Not to let anyone know about this, and he told them to give her something to eat. Jesus was still ministering to this little girl, even though she was physically raised from the dead. He wanted to make sure she was taken care of. That's how Jesus is, okay? But what I want you to get is Jesus and the disciples and the parents, so they're all there, right? Because you got the parents there as well, right? And everybody's going, she's dead, she's dead, she's dead. And they're making fun of Jesus. What did Jesus do? Kicked him out. You know, for everybody that thinks that everything Jesus did was pull a flower out of his sleeve uh, like a magician and just smiled and uh, and gave everybody an air high five, that's not how it went. Okay? They laughed at Jesus, and he put them all out. He took the child's father and mother and disciples went with him. What did he do? He cleared the air. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. A couple things to go over. Let's get our next trivia question ready for you. I've got to stop smacking the book into the post. I don't know what's going on with that. <clears throat> okay, who welcomed... Who welcomed three visitors when his tents were pitched near the great tree of Mamre? Actually, it's Mamre, but that's called okay. Who welcomed three visitors when his tents were pitched near the great trees of Mamre? Ah, Joy, Anne, and Cordelia wasting no time. On top of it. Good job, ladies. Very, very good. So if you think you know the answer to that, we would encourage you to call the show. So you can call 972. For those that are trying to figure it out, this is Old Testament. Uh, 972-445-0770. Good job, Eric. 972-445-0770. If you want to call in, if you want to text in, 214-210-8483. 214-210-8483. Uh, was it standard standard text rates apply? Something like that. I don't know. And then also you can send an email, David at he must increase.org, uh, which of course leads us to the website. And we do want to take the time to talk about it because we need the help. I'm not going to, you know, when I don't show up or I'm not here, 
or I'm not live, the money, it's you can just, you, you can chart it. You can just go, wow, look at that. Wow, look at that. Uh, bottom line is we need financial help, and we need it. And if you can do it, great. If you can't, don't worry about it. It's not something we're going to drop on you. We just want to uh, make sure everybody's aware of it, and they can help as they can. Uh, for information on either where to send a check, you would go to the same website. Under if you're going to send a check, you go to uh, uh, Contact Dave. But we encourage you to go to he must increase dot org. Website, he must increase.org, he must increase.org. Email David at he must increase.org. Facebook, he must increase ministry. YouTube, he must increase ministry. Okie dokie, artichokies. All right, so getting ready to get to this next text. Although somebody sent me a, a, a question on that, and I got to actually, I got to double check it. Okay, double check it. All right. Uh, let's see. Let's get back to this rest of this text. Is there anything else we need to cover? I'm trying to think. Did we miss anything? I feel like I'm missing something. What? I need to do more shows. Oh, okay. Oh, I know what we didn't do. We didn't do history. Yeah. See? 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 All right. Play the history thing. Let's get that going. Let's go All right, so for history, uh, it's Veterans Day today. I want to make sure everybody knows that Veterans uh, Veterans Day is a federal holiday in the United States observed uh, honoring military veterans, people that have served in the United States Armed Forces. Now, the difference between that Memorial Day, Memorial Day is remembering the people that have lost their lives, whereas uh, Veterans Day is going to be more about people that have given their hearts and souls. And they have lost their lives, but there's also people that are alive. So it's the past and the present uh, people that have given themselves over, and they have given themselves over for our benefit to uh, enable our freedoms, regardless of the politics and regardless of all the stupid stuff. The bottom line is uh, veterans who have committed and, and given of their heart and of their soul and of their uh, mind to the uh, building of this nation and the blessing of this nation is cool. That's an awesome thing, and it's not something that will be forgotten. There's no greater love than this, than a man lay down his life for his friend. And so guess what? They're your friends. That's how it is. Uh, today is also National Sunday Day, which is Sunday, the ice cream Sunday day, which is, you all right with that one? Uh, Seems like that should be on a Sunday. Yeah, I know. It's like, but I don't think anybody pays attention on Sundays, which is, you know, except for like Christmas and, you know, okay. Uh, it's Origami Day. And uh, the note I put here for the Origami Day is, isn't that a light chicken gravy? Or No, that's not. Nope. Must have been that one. Uh, for those that do not know, 1834 on this day, the ugly, ugly duckling was first published by Hans Christian Andersen. Uh, 1921, the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier remains of an unidentified American serviceman from World War I are, are, are placed in Arlington National Cemetery with the U.S. President Warren G. Harding officiating over the ceremonies. And this is, I think, the most bizarre—this is one of the most bizarre— just, just, just chalk it up to bizarre, okay? Just have our own little separate category, bizarre. This is going to go under, like, the top three. The world's loudest, loudest scream. <laughs> well, first of all, how would you? How do you know that for sure? You know, I can't imagine some people getting a tax bill they weren't anticipating, and those screams have to be huge. Anyway, the world's loudest scream is recorded. Uh, Simon Robinson of South Australia actually created 128 dB. That's almost as loud as a jet aircraft 50 feet away. That's according to the Guinness Book of Records. That, that's loud, isn't it? It's loud. That's loud. Wow. 
right. I'm obnoxious. That's loud. See, there's big. See that difference? All right. Uh, the trivia question. <laughs> so glad you got there, Chris. The trivia question. Uh, who welcomed three visitors when his tents were pitched near the great trees of Mamre? This is going to be Old Testament. This is going to be Genesis. Think of it that way. You should be able to. That should help you get there. Okay. Uh, back to the text. Uh, when they had commanded them to go outside of the council, they conferred among themselves, saying, What shall we do to these men? For indeed, a notable miracle has been done through them, and that is evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. And so that it spreads no further among the people. You get in this? You get This is the same theme I'm, I'm trying to talk to you about. That there's the, you think, well, that sounds like a conspiracy. This stuff's been going on for thousands of years. Nothing new here. They don't want stuff to spread among the people because that changes things. And change does not help people, and it doesn't help them retain office and so on and so forth. So that's kind of the problem there. We don't want it to spread any further. Let us severely threaten them that from now on they speak to no man in this name. Now that's the big part of the text, right? So they get together and they have a council meeting, and their meeting is what? Here's our conclusion. A miracle has been done. We know it's a miracle. We know it's it's miraculous. We can't deny it. Nobody else can deny it. But we got to shut this thing down. I know what. Let's beat them up. <laughs> it's like, do you see? We're going to severely threaten them and tell them, you don't speak in this name anymore. And as ridiculous as that seems... How many people do you know on Facebook have been told you can't post that because it's a Jesus is the only way. He's the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by me. It's like this is not just like in this moment here in Jerusalem. This is worldwide. This is in all of the social medias. It's in all of the elements that we deal with, and they will move, in case you don't know this, and this is why we know the end is getting closer, they will move from severely threatening to severely physically altering. That's where they're going to move that way. And then the real question is pretty simple for a Christian. Okay, Regardless of your eschatology, are you prepared to stand firm in your faith regardless of what comes your direction? Yes or no? Do you know that, that we don't know this because they won't report a lot about it, but you know, there's a, a couple of really good ministries that deal with people that are being executed, executed for their faith in Christ today in the world. And people are like, that's over there in those third and fourth world country kind of places. It's getting closer. And that's the thing that you got to be aware of, that persecution will rise. How do you know persecution will rise? Jesus said that towards the end, the love of many will grow cold. And it's just like, eh, it's changing. The whole system's changing. In the last 20 to 30 years, there has been a wind moving through our nation and our world that is uh, absolutely creating very specific divides, and there's just a lot less love in operation, and there's a lot more darkness 
and the darkness is increasing. Now, I, I'm one of those people that do believe that good and evil grow together because of the tree of, of knowledge of good and evil. So I'm one of those people that think, well, <laughs> well. But the practicality in this is that what we know from a prophetic point of view is that persecution for your faith is highly likely. And you just have to determine the level that you really believe. Do you really believe? And, you know, there's that old story. And I'll tell the story. It's, I doubt the story is true. So let me do a preface with that. Uh, I doubt this is true. I think it's great folklore, but it's one of those classic stories that does illustrate a point and does it well. The story about the two guys that go into the church that's full of people and they go in with their machine guns and they say, we're going to, and then they always add stuff to it, but let's just keep it simple. We're going to shoot everybody who's in here in the next five minutes. Uh, if you uh, don't get out of here in the next five minutes, uh, because we don't want you worshiping Jesus, so get out of here, Or you know, because it was a church and people ran out and other people stayed and after their five minutes were up, the two guys go, we weren't going to shoot anybody, we just didn't want to worship with anybody who wouldn't lay their lives down for the kingdom. Okay? The point of that story, which again, I don't think is true, is you got to be willing to go through it. I remember James Robeson preaching uh, in, oh my goodness, it must have been 81, maybe it was 1980 or 81. And he said, you know, if they take the tax, uh, tax exempt status away from the churches, he said, so what? What, are you going to stop preaching the gospel? What, are you going to stop doing the kingdom work? What are you, you're not doing it for financial gain, right? What are you doing? I mean, is this real? Are you going to stand in the faith? Like the point was a great point. Like, are you in it? Are you? Is this real? Or is this just a, oh, that's a nice American add-on. I feel so good. It's a great, great point. How serious are you about your faith? I hope that we're all closer to being willing to lay our lives down, if that's what it's called for. I mean, what happens if they ask you to deny? It's not that the Lord would never forgive you, but he forgave Peter. Peter denied him three times. But the point is that you need to have a seriousness to that commitment level. It's got to be got to be real okay trivia answer is abraham as captain chris saves the day by telling me i had to tell that before we exit abraham or abram uh, abram abraham either way all right folks you're listening to the david smooth experience right here on kaam 770 the truth station here in texas short break we'll be back don't go anywhere This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business, but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us, as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at the end of the year indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax-deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously. 
or in Proverbs, where it teaches that a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can. Right here on KAAM. Here's what I want you to get. Here's what I want you to understand. Bad news does not necessitate that there is nowhere else to go except to weep. In Psalm 112, verse 7, the scripture says, He will not fear bad news. His heart is confident, trusting in the Lord. It's not pie in the sky to look at the situation and go, Gosh, it's terrible, but I'm going to hold hope because hope is the only thing I have to move past it. If it never comes about, that's fine, but I'm going to live every day believing that there's a better tomorrow. When people think of that, they think, "Oh, Christianity—it's a crutch. It's—it's it's, uh, you know—it's—it's uh, it's the opiate of the of the of the people," is what Karl Marx said. It takes more guts, more strength, more determination in this day and age to be a Christian and to stand in your faith than it does to be any other thing that there is, because it's the Christians who are under persecution, and it's the people of faith that are getting slaughtered, and oh, by the way, throughout the world that's taking place. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Let's get ready for our last trivia question for today. Not the last one forever, but just the last one for today. Uh, not, I don't, I don't call this overly difficult. Just got to think it through. True or false, Philip was among Paul's companions when Paul traveled to Cyprus. Philip was among Paul's companions when Paul traveled to Cyprus. Okay, that's the that's the question. Okay, if you think you know the answer, you might want to uh, call in 972-445-0770. You can text in 214-210-8483. And additionally, you can send an email, David, at he must increase. Dot org. It's been such a long time that we decided we got to do a Greek word, and I have a classic great one. So let's play our Greek word theme. Baklava. Okay. <laughs> well, I haven't done it in a long time, so I think that was worthwhile. Okay. Here's the word. Uh, the Greek word is prothesis. Now watch this. From the word purpose. Now watch this. And we know, very well-known verse, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Prothesis. A prothesis is pro, which means before, and thesis, which is a place, a setting forth. The word suggests a deliberate plan, a proposition, an advanced plan, an intention, a design. Did you hear what I just said? A design. 
Listen to that. We know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose, to those who are called according to his design, his advanced plan. There's 12 occurrences in the New Testament. It is used four times for Levitical showbread, which literally means the bread of setting forth. Uh, Most other usages point to God's eternal purposes relating to salvation. Our personal salvation was not only well-planned, but demonstrates God's abiding faithfulness as he awaits the consummation of his great plan for his church. Really good. I like it. So there goes the microphone. Just knock that out of the way. Uh, Prothesis. Purpose. Prothesis. That's the Greek word. Okay? Okay. Okay? All right. Uh, True or false? True or false? True or false? On our trivia question, Philip was among Paul's companions when Paul traveled to Cyprus. Okay? L giving multiple answers. There's only two. True or it's false? Okay. Let's just get to the text. (laughs) Let's get to the text. Here we go. Here's where everything gets... Very personal for all of us. In Acts chapter 4, verse 18, everything changes to now we've been looking at it, and I've tried been, to some degree putting on purpose a present world uh, skin on it, so to speak, so you can see it and go, oh, yeah, okay, I can see how they're doing that now, and they did that then, they've been doing it for thousands of years. Here is where it gets really, really intense. Acts chapter 4, verse 18. So they called them together uh, and commanded them not to speak at all nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. Now, for those that are trying to figure out how that goes, it probably did not go meekly. I do not, would not, there's no reason to read a meekness into this statement. I think Peter and John answered exactly the way that you would think they would answer. Whether it's right in the sight of God to listen to you more than God, you judge. It's almost like this attitude of like, look, I've got to do something, and it's before me, and it's in the Lord. And then the leaders, and you have to understand that in this case, the Sanhedrin are very much, people say, well, they're just religious leaders. Like, no way. That is not how it goes. Your religious leaders do not determine your financial outcomes, and the Sanhedrin did determine many people's financial outcomes, what monies did flow or didn't flow. That's got one thing has nothing to do with the other. The Sanhedrin were almost almost completely political with a little religious slant, okay? Kind of like Judah saying, shouldn't we be doing the money thing and give the money to the poor? But the only reason he said that was because he was taking money for himself, okay? That kind of tells you a lot, right? Okay, all right. So the idea behind this is to understand that there comes a point or a challenge that you and I have to make a decision on who we're going to follow and who we're going to obey. When you have a commandment that goes in the face of another commandment, when you have two commandments, you put them together or if there's three— different directives, and you weigh them, and you weigh them by examining them. So we are commanded in Romans 13 to obey the the authorities and the powers that God puts over us. But that does not exceed the commandment that says you should obey God first and not man. And so you have to prioritize which commandment is correct. I don't think it's hard for anybody to think that obeying God directly 
is more important than obeying God indirectly through mankind's authority. I don't think anybody really has an argument with that. I think the argument is how do you decide? And I think the answer to that is you know the Word of God and what it says and what it allows and what it doesn't allow. So if the authority, if the authorities that are above you uh, require certain things and they're not breaches in the commandments in the kingdom of God, then so be it. I mean, that, that there's, there's a lot of your answer right there. The idea behind this, though, is that you and your consciousness have to decide on whether or not you will obey God or man. And before you, just before you get into the political of anything, you're, you got to get to the deeper root. And the deeper root is Jesus is not just a Savior, but he's our Lord. And a Lord means master. So if he is your Lord, he is your master, then you first answer to your master. It's not, it's not even, that's not even weird or complex or, you know, they say, well, that's, you know, racist and stereotypes. Like, it's so ridiculous. It's pathetic how they say things like that because they, what they want you to do is say nothing about the Bible. That's the ultimate goal is to stop the Word of God from being preached. You have to make a decision to whom you will obey first, God or man, and they are not the same. When man started in the garden, he chose to defy God. He ate the fruit. It wasn't just Eve that ate the fruit. Adam ate the fruit, too. He wasn't that far away, right? So that wasn't like days and days had gone by or something like that. And one of the promises they would be like God, and ever since then, since the garden, man has tried to act like God. But man is not God, and governments are not God. And political powers are not God. And political theatrics mean nothing. You will die if the Lord tarries, and you will stand before God. And there will be no room to point to a political party or a law of a nation or anything else. You will have to answer to God directly. And there will be—there's no—there's nothing. You are either in the kingdom by the righteousness of Jesus Christ, because your righteousness is insufficient, and you surrendered, or you rejected Jesus Christ— and you have chosen not to escape the place that man is going by his defiance to God. I love the example that one guy gave. Uh, it's just a great, great video about the guy who says, look, the reality is God's not sending anybody to hell. We are all spiraling to hell all at the same time, and along comes this lifeboat called Jesus. You either jump on or don't. It's like, there you go. It's like, wow, that simplifies things, doesn't it? Yep. <laughs> pretty much does like you're jumping on it look it's not gonna hurt me i, I just want to make this point make sure you all understand and i know you guys understand you don't get any brownie points for you you don't save anybody you're not getting any brownie points because you're you're either going to get saved or you're not going to get saved you're saved it's like, i'm standing there why because i want to be in the lifeboat I want to live forever you're not going to get any you know it's not like a uh, i deserve it kind of thing you surrendered Jumped on board, said, let's go, Lord. And you know you're a Christian. How? Because you know now it's not an escape. It's not fire insurance. Jesus is everything to you. That's how you know you're saved. People are like, what about this? What about that? Do you really love Jesus? Do you just want more? That's how you know. There you go. 
what about this? What about this? That's what people are there. You know, it's like, what about the guy that's on the island that nobody's ever talked to on the island 60 trillion miles away? Over, Well, how much money have you sent him? What, none? Oh, okay. That guy that you're so worried about? Oh, okay. It's just, oh, it's just a ruse. Surrender it before the Lord. Yield to him. Right? That's the call. And you have to decide. And, and just so you can know, this issue right here, this little text I'm reading, which I'm going to read again next week, this text is going to get more serious every year that passes that the Lord doesn't return. So they called and commanded them not to speak at all or teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. That is going to increase, period. You may as well know it now. Every year the Lord tarries. That will get more serious. All right. Back to our trivia, because we're not going to miss it this time, true or false. Philip was among Paul's companions when Paul traveled to Cyprus, and the answer is false. Philip never made a journey with Paul. Ah, that was kind of tricky. <laughs> All right, that's a, a comeback show, but these are the kind of comeback shows you got to just like be honest, be earnest, be steadfast, keep pushing in because everything answers to more of Jesus as a solution. Okay? All right. You've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break, 22 and a half hours, then we'll be back for more insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. The views expressed on the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.